Hello and welcome back to the St. Louis Battlecast. I am your host, Jake. And, uh, well, 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 we seem to be back. The XFL is apparently coming back, so we are back as well. Today is a big day. We're going to talk about the XFL's bankruptcy filing, what I've been doing this past month, some predictions, who could be some potential XFL targets, and what my favorite thing was about this past XFL season. Plus, coming up, Jai Noakes of Notes X Noakes will join the show. So on this beautiful holiday weekend, let's get right into it. First off, uh, before we get into the bankruptcy, there are just so many things to cover regarding it, so I probably will not be able to cover everything. Uh, with that in mind, let's get into it. So as you guys know, on April 13th, 2020, the XFL filed for bankruptcy. Chapter 11, of course. Uh, Chapter 11 means, essentially, they can keep staff and everything without fully liquidating. It has been a long process, 260 filings and counting, and a couple hearings. But uh, we finally found out how everything is going to go down. The only big notable date is August 3rd, when the XFL will get its new owner, and then four days later, it will be inked and official. Also reported in the past couple of days is that that ESPN has filed a limited objection to keeping the broadcast deal and the sale regardless of the owner. Basically what that means is really ESPN will choose whether or not they are going to be involved based on who the next owner is of the XFL. I have been following the hearings and filings very closely, and a few things, as XFL Newsroom and I have reported, that I must note is that every hearing does not mean there will be names involved. Most hearings are procedural and just stuff like budget. That does not mean there is not info that is newsworthy that comes out of these hearings, but it's very unlikely. And uh, it's just really what... uh, Basically, these hearings are nothing special most of the time. I think the biggest chunk of news that I've gotten out of it is that... uh, Is... The fact that there are only nine staff members remaining in the league, one of which is Jeffrey Pollock. And uh, yeah, with that said, uh, here is the interview with Jai Noakes. All right. Welcome to the show, Jai. Uh, How's it been going recently? Uh, It's going good, man. It's going good. And uh, it's a. It's actually J. I go by oh. it's a J A I, but I go by J. It's all good. People get it, get it, uh, um, you know, get it confused all the time with my nickname. But it's all good, my man. <laughs> all right, cool. Great to hear, man. And uh, you ready? Yeah, man. Ready to go. All right, cool. Uh, so, what was your story about this past XFO season? Like, uh, what was some things that were pretty fun that you enjoyed? that you would really like to share to the listeners? 
For sure, man. Uh, what I would say that I loved about the XFL, I mean, five weeks of football, uh, we, we really got some great product. I, I think a lot of people, uh, whenever the XFL uh, planned to kick off or planned to relaunch back in 2018, didn't really know what to expect, especially uh, from the talent level. And also they were, uh, were kind of apprehensive because of what the first XFL uh, rendition was. Uh, what I mean by that, it was cliche, it was gimmicky. You had Vince McMahon involved in a lot of uh, the stuff that was happening behind the scenes, and then you had wrestlers coming out, and, and uh, you know, it was just so gimmicky. But what I thought about this, about XFL 2.0, was something that was magnificent. I thought the product that was great. I thought the quarterback play was fairly exceptional. I thought we got to see a lot of big plays um, happen on the field. I thought that the rules were truly innovative, um, in a way that we got to see uh, football actually have a true sense of urgency. Um, another thing that I loved about it was the fact that uh, these officials for the XFL were, if they made a call, it wasn't like the NFL. You know, typically, if there was a uh, challenge flag on the field in the, in the NFL, you would see a lot of uh, the time they would go to commercial break, come back, they would still be convening to trying to decide a, a, a uh, overall decision on that. But instead, in the XFL, it was more like, all right, cool, we're making this call, we're moving on, and we're just going to get back to playing football. So those are some of the things that I, I thoroughly enjoyed covering the XFL and watching the XFL on TV. Yeah, there was a uh, very like professional vibe around it, around this league, uh, unlike the last one. And it was really cool to see that. So, definitely, uh, definitely. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, you're good, man. I was just saying definitely. And, and another thing I think I would add is, is something that, uh, you know, uh, Pro Football Focus actually put out an article on this. Or PFT, uh, Pro Football Comment, uh, whatever it is, Pro Football Talk. They were talking about the NFL possibly using speakers uh, for this upcoming season, you know, to mitigate risk of, you know, COVID-19, which I think would, would have been inevitable because they saw how successful it was in the XFL. So that's all I want to add. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I did see that, too. That was pretty cool to see. So uh, my next question now is, uh, if the league does come back, who would you say are some good potential players that could play for this league? Well, I think, um, I mean, we all saw the tweet that went viral, I believe, from a account. I won't name that account because me and him did, did converse over this issue because I was trying to tell him, you know, some of the stuff that he put out there was not credible. Uh, but I do believe that the XFL, uh, if it does come back, that they will reach out to uh, a lot of the players who still aren't signed by NFL, play, uh, NFL teams, and they'll probably go – um, back to some of the players that were on their eight active rosters uh, that they had before. But that's still to be seen because we don't truly know what's going to happen, what's going to transpire for the XFL until the actual date of the sale, which is August 7th. Uh, but I do think that uh, they were, or I do believe that I read a report that they were interested in reaching out to Colt McCoy, Robert Griffin III, and some other quarterbacks who had success in the NFL, like Landry Jones, uh, but a little bit bigger name, bigger profile. Uh, but I do think that they were reaching out to see what they could do with the quarterback position in the XFL to improve it a bit. But I do think that they'll reach back out to some of the same players that were on these rosters and also some of the NFL players 
who are currently not signed to a roster or CFL players who are not signed to a roster to, to fit the mold of the eight organizations that they have in place. Yeah, for sure. Like, I could also see somebody like Clemson transfer and uh, Mizzou quarterback Kelly Bryant signing with the XFL, for sure. Yeah, I think Kelly Bryant would be a perfect player uh, for the XFL, in my opinion. Uh, Just those guys who were at big-name programs, didn't get the chance to completely shine throughout their four years, but definitely want a chance to put some stuff on, on film, just like P.J. Walker, Jordan Tiamu. Uh, Josh Johnson was a uh, veteran uh, journeyman, uh, but some of the younger quarterback talents in the XFL got a chance to put some good tape out there, and we see the dividends that it paid for them. You got P.J. Walker playing in Carolina now, backing up Teddy Bridgewater, and you also have Jordan Tiamu, who's listed currently as the uh, third-string quarterback on the Chiefs depth depth chart. Uh, No telling what happens in training camp with that quarterback battle, Uh, but you can definitely see the dividends uh, that it paid for those uh, specific players. And yeah, that was like the goal of the league too, to be innovative and to give these guys a second chance. Definitely, definitely. And, and I think that's that was the great part about the XFL because, you know, uh, the money really wasn't the big selling factor for most of these players who signed up to play in this league. It was about having the second opportunity to put some tape out there that was reputable and that NFL scouts could possibly fall in love with in order for them to get signed. I believe the number was 26 players who got signed by NFL teams out out of the XFL. Uh, That's a pretty decent number for only five weeks of play. So if this league does come back, I could definitely see a huge increase in, in some of these players getting signed to NFL contracts. For sure, for sure. And uh, now, now going on to bankruptcy, uh, have you heard? Have has there been more groups that have signed NDAs? Because last we heard there was about thirty plus. So I, I want to preface my comments by saying, you know, I want to preface my comments by saying this: most of the things that you are seeing that is floating around the internet in regards to the XFL, some of it may uh, may lack credibility. Some of it may be true. I do believe that there are some people who do have some inside information in regards to the bidders and the buyers of this league. But from what I've been told, really nobody truly knows who these bidders are, who these buyers are, and the league would like to keep it that way just because of how important it is for them to sell this product, how how important it is for them to sell this league. So to answer your question, I would not know that exactly because that information has not been released to me. And really, none of that information has really been released to anyone um, outside of the people who are involved with the overall sale of this league. And, and like I said, there's a lot of information that's being put out there on the internet in regards to the sale of the XFL. I learned from my mistakes. Actually, I, I put something out there, which I know we're going to cover here shortly about relocation of potentially Dallas moving to San Antonio, I was told that that was not credible information. So I do want to preface my comments before we get into the bankruptcy, uh, excuse me, discussion and say most of this information that is out there may not be true and and, uh, it could be true, but we really don't know just because of all the red tape that is included with the sale of the XFL. Yeah, just got to wait till August 7th, really, to figure all that yeah. stuff out. 
Yeah, August 7th is the target date. And that's that's something that I am encouraging my following to 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 book on their calendars. It's it's August 7th. I mean, that's really when we'll know. I mean, I spoke to my source. Um, most of it has been off the record, so I can't release the information that I've been told because it is off the record. Uh, but I do know that August 7th is the date that my source has told me to keep an eye on for all of us XFL fans uh, to be excited about. So, Interesting, interesting. So uh, have you heard anything else regarding the leases of the Dome and CenturyLink Field? It kind of, to me, feels like those talks have stalled, but listening to what you just said about how we really don't know what's going on mm-hmm. in the background, it uh, I, my stance has kind of changed on that. Well, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, it's a great question. Actually, my source has told me that um, the XFL values all the markets that they once had. So to answer your question in regards to the leases, like I said, not many people know about the lease agreements and what will take place. Uh, but I was told directly that uh, most of these signs and things like the practice facilities or facilities where these teams were housed out of, they did it because those leases ran out and there was no reason for uh, the league to keep them operating. So it makes sense for them to remove the logos, the trademarks and all that stuff, especially since they are going through the sell process. But I was told that the league values all of their markets. And if this league does sell, um, that they will continue to value those markets. And that's as much as I can say on that topic. Gotcha. And uh, now the uh, question you kind of were leading up to a little bit earlier, what has the word been on these relocation, uh, really, whatever is going on with that? So for relocation, um, there, I mean, from what I've been told, there have been no plans of relocating whatsoever. Uh, as I said before, the XFL valued all the markets that their teams were placed in. Um, I, I have heard from someone else that, um, and, and once again, I don't know if this is true or not, but I have heard from someone else who has been a longtime source that the XFL did reach out to certain cities about potentially adding to the markets that they have. But in, uh, in regards to relocation, I mean, the rumor that is out there is possibly having the teams, and this was out there before the league suspended operations, having the teams with the lowest attendance possibly going to a different venue, which could possibly happen. We don't know. Of course, the XFL really was looking at the attendance for each uh, each of their eight uh, franchises that they had in the league. That was very important to them. Uh, but relocation as of right now is not going to be in the near future uh, for any of the teams that they have uh, under the XFL tagline. So um, more, more than anything, if, if they were trying to look to expand the league, and that's just my opinion, because, well, based off of what my source has given me and what they have told me. Interesting. Uh, that's some very good input right there. And uh, my next question is, if you could put a number on it, what would you say is the percentage chance that this league comes back? Well, I would say, and I, and I, I was just told, you know, be very optimistic. I mean, I'm pretty optimistic just because of the, footprint that the XFL left on spring football that we there there should be someone in the market to purchase this league and uh, restart this league relatively quickly um, but like I said that all comes with the sale on August 7th 
Uh, but I do believe that everyone should be optimistic. We, we really don't know. I mean, it may not be 2021 or 2022, but I do believe that this league has plans to come back eventually. And I, and I put that percentage pretty high. I would say anywhere in between 70 to about 75% that we do see XFL football again. Interesting. And to uh, follow up on that, my last question, since this, of course, is a Battle Hawks podcast, if and when the league does come back, what would you say the percentage chance is that the Battle Hawks do come back? Uh, well, the Battle Hawks was actually one of the better franchises in, in the XFL outside of the Houston Roughnecks, but not just because of that. It was because of the attendance numbers. Um, Record-wise, I mean, the Houston Roughnecks won the unofficial XFL championship. But uh, attendance numbers, the St. Louis Battle Hawks, I, I believe that the XFL – um, based off of the reports that I read, they were willing to open up the second deck of the dome for that week five or week six matchup uh, that they had on the schedule. So the St. Louis Battlehawks, if this league does come back, I'm sure, I'm sure that's one of the markets that the XFL truly values and they will hope to bring football back to St. Louis in a big way. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I think that is a very reasonable uh response and yeah i mean that's really all i got for you man hey man well i appreciate you having me on the show um people can always follow me um i I, i'm like i said my ears to the ground um i truly don't see any new developments happening until probably latter part of this month as we get closer and closer to august 3rd and uh hopefully on august 7th i get the information and uh based off of you know who bought the league and all that stuff. Hopefully I get that information. I'll be happy to share it with everyone. So I am uh, doing my due diligence, making sure that uh, all the reports that I receive uh, are credible and they're able to be released. But most of the stuff that I've been told has been off the record. So I can't share all that information. But once I do get some new information and some new developments, I'll definitely be sure to release that to the public. Awesome. Keep up the good work. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you in the future if you guys sure. also if you guys if you guys aren't following him uh be sure to follow at notes notes on twitter i'll have that in the description and i'll uh, tag him when this episode goes up there we go that's where they can find me my man and uh if, if they have any questions i'm pretty responsive on all comments uh as you have seen i'm pretty responsive on all of my direct messages I owe that to the people who I serve, so uh, let them know. They can hit me up anytime. If they have any questions about the XFL, I'll be happy to oblige. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks. So predictions. That could be any number of things, like if the league will come back or not, or who the head coaches could be, or even who would buy the league. I will be predicting all three of those for all of you. So my first prediction is this. Yes, the league will come back. It's really just a matter of time. Uh, We're a month out from the bankruptcy auction. And about 34 days from it being official. So yes, the league will come back. Now extending on that, who do I think will buy the league? There are two big names that I, that I want to buy the league, 
with no really backing information on it. Uh, but really, the community will be split on them. I know this for a fact. Those two names, though, are Disney and the NFL. Disney's a very good option, but some may not like it because, one, they own a, maybe too much stuff, or, two, how they've ran past franchises, how they've kind of run them into the ground, like the Anaheim Ducks or Star Wars. Now, the NFL. I've seen people on Twitter uh, complaining about the NFL for things that I will not discuss on this show. And they've said that they hope the XFL comes back to get away from what the NFL has become. Now, if I had to guess, I would without a doubt want Disney running the NFL or XFL. They've got the money. They've got the resources. And you know they would want to be the best in the business. And you don't have to worry about TV sponsorships or rights because they own ESPN and other networks. I just cannot see how someone would be against Disney running the XFL. Now, uh, I have eight head coaches in mind. Well, seven. I cannot... I, I didn't do enough research into the DC defenders, like who they could bring in. But really, there's not going to be a whole lot of changes with my predictions. Like, I don't think there will be many changes except for DC, Tampa Bay, and possibly Dallas if they re- if they move out. But, uh... I have seven head coaches. Jonathan Hayes, of course, coaching the Battlehawks. Steve Spurrier is my prediction for the Tampa Bay or Orlando Vipers. Jim Zorn will is my prediction to coach the Dragons. June Jones is my prediction for the Roughnecks, of course, had that 5-0 and season. Kevin Gilbride will return to the Guardians. I think they... Didn't have a bad season. Uh, McGloin could have definitely could have been better, but uh, they just needed a good quarterback. Really, they had the players, just not the quarterback, and that's really for a lot of these teams, like the Dallas Renegades. They didn't have the quarterback because one was hurt twice in the season, and. It just really didn't help them. Uh, I don't know who will coach the D.C. Defenders. Bob Stoops could coach the Dallas Renegades if they return to Dallas. If they don't, I think we will see a new head coach of the Renegades. And Winston Moss, he really... The L.A. Wildcats really got it together in the second like, near the midway point of the season. They just, I really liked their play style near the end of the season. I think Winston Moss did a great job uh, calling play, calling uh, defensive plays, I believe. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you had a solid group of coaches 
But like people have said, it's the quarterbacks that needed work. Like, the quarterbacks of any startup league need to be good. You can't have a Berkovici, you know, where he's doing all these backwards passes because that doesn't look good for your quality of play. So if you have good coaches, you can you can pretty much turn any quarterback into a star, that's for sure. Like look look at any NFL coach. Yeah, of course it's the NFL. But it's the player development side and they're doing a damn good job at it. So that that's just that's a rant from me. Um that those are all my predictions right there. So uh yeah, I mean, if you don't have good talent, get good coaching and develop that talent. You can do that. Like it it's just crazy how you need to do that. And uh now coming up on the show, we'll go into what I've been doing this past month. And uh yeah, Let's go see what I did. So what have I done this last month? Well, really nothing. Just hung around the house, checking in on news and with uh, sources. I've read so many bankruptcy filings, I could be a lawyer. Which, by the way, isn't as fun or as easy as I thought it would be back in May when I started reading them. But still, I'm uh, just hanging out and having fun waiting for news. Now, my favorite XFL moment. That is one of three things. One, of course, is the kickoff return for a touchdown by Joel Powell. My second is Jonathan Hayes' introductory press conference. And my final thing is meeting CEO slash commissioner Oliver Luck twice. Once at the press conference, and again at the Battlehawks tailgate uh, for the first home game. Those moments, to me, are uh, so damn cool. And I really hope the XFL comes back so I can have similar experiences to those. Oh, and an honorable mention is definitely hearing all of the Kroenke Sucks chants at the Battlehawks games. Those chants were so fun to be a part of. Uh, while we showed Stan Kroenke, what a great sports town we are. And uh, those have got to be some of my favorite moments, for sure. Well, guys, uh, that's all I got for y'all. Have a safe holiday weekend, and check my Twitter for updates regarding the scheduling, which will be released after the league is sold August 7th. My Twitter is at Battlecast. And that is at X-F-L-B-A-T-T-L-E-C-A-S-T. Thank you all for listening. I'm host Jake. I'm the host Jake of the St. Louis Battlecast. And so long, everybody.